Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Father, in this moment, I uh, come and to deliver a message, and as always, Lord, I pray that you would empty me of me and that the message would be delivered in the power of your spirit. And though you're using my voice, that the words and the message be yours and that they land in the place that they need to land for each of us, including me. Amen. Uh, so we're continuing in this season of epiphany, of revelation. Uh, the, the, it starts after the 12 days of Christmas on January 6th, and now we're in the second day, second Sunday, after Epiphany. And this day we're going to also be recognizing our leaders. Here at Arbor Point, we're praying for revelation, for God's revealing of himself to us so that we can align with where he is. See, oftentimes we go, well, we want God to come where we are. We want to go where God's already is and where God's already moving. And he's already moving. Amen. Can you sense the spirit in this place this morning? Love God. So he's moving, so we want to go where he would already have us to be. And that's going to be a powerful time for us. But it's important also to look at what it means in the Christian church. to What, what is leadership when it comes to God's perspective? And so we're going back to a familiar chapter since I've been here, chapter 12 in the book of Romans, beginning at verse 1. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and those members don't have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. One body. That's us this morning as one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then help me. Prophesy. If it's serving, if it's teaching, if it's to encourage, if it's to give, if it's to lead, if it's to show mercy, if it's to change diapers, All right, not a gift. <laughs> However, we've got folks over there that are gifted, right? And duck? Yeah, and, and loves changing diapers. Well, <laughs> she likes the kids. <laughs> this is our passage for this morning. See, we as individuals in the church, as individuals in the church, we're called to use the gifts we've been given to further the kingdom of God in the world, and it requires all of us together to reach into the places that God would have us to reach. So when we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, it's from that place that we begin to experience what true worship is for us. It's from there that, that worship happens, and that moves worship out of Sunday morning. That moves worship into our schools, that moves worship into our place of work. 
It moves worship into our families. Worship is not just this time on Sunday morning. It's how we live our life. And when we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, we experience that outside of this place. We, it's awesome that we come together and as a, as a, as a community we offer worship to God because it's powerful to do that. And, and the Lord honors his scripture when, when he inhabits the praises of his people because he certainly does. But it's more than that. And it's that style of living. And it's a nonconformist style of living is how, what Christianity is about. It's why the world should look at us and go, something's different about them. They're not conforming to what we're asking of them. When they look at, at us as Christians, they should see something different because we, we're not aligning with the things that they want us to do. We're aligning with the things that God wants us to do, right? They should be standing at the bus stop say, saying, idiot. <laughs> if we're doing it right. Because Jesus was, Jesus was a revolutionary. He was absolutely turned the understanding of faith on its ear. The Sadducees and Pharisees and scribes didn't know what to do with Jesus because he came and he said, you guys are so locked into following the rules that you're missing a lot. The love of God is, will take you, yes, obedience is important, but it's not everything. And if you'll come over here and experience the love that comes from Christ, the love of God, that's where that transformation that we're talking about comes from. You can't stay the same if God has touched your heart. Amen? Amen. Won't happen. Can't happen. Caden, this morning, I'm going to pick on you a little bit if you don't mind. You know what happened this morning? He was talking about his grandma and that love that's inside leaked out. It leaked out. And that's what happens when that love of God is in us. And it's so overwhelming when we begin to go, who is this God of ours? How, how, how is this possible that the creator of everything loves me? I can't help but have that leak out. Everywhere that I go. See, Christianity is meant to be challenging, in case you're wondering. It's meant to be a challenge. Paul tells us to get to work on changing how we think, the renewing of our minds, so that we can stop seeing just what the world sees and begin to see as God sees. And that's why coming together on Sunday morning is so important because we need to be around other people who are called to that same thing, called to see the things differently, to see things as God sees them. Because the world really will look at us and go, something's wrong with you. And in that seeking, you know what happens? We find. In the knocking, doors open and our asking gives revelation in the answers. And there's a scripture about that that comes true for us. But in order to live that way, there are some things that have to happen. An important one is humility. And Paul moves to that in verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. We are living in an era of self-importance, in case you haven't noticed. Internet fame is a big deal, right? Give me my, yeah, let me get my video on YouTube and get a million likes and then I can get advertising and I can open my own YouTube channel and I can be my own thing. And it's all about me. And that's what the world's doing. That's the direction the world's going. Internet fame, big deal. 
God, though, I believe, would have us to consider something a little bit different. Instead of making it all about us, instead of trying to put ourselves and our views first, what if we thought of God first? What if we thought of ourselves in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of us and not more highly than we ought? Might we then soften enough to be that light that we talked about last week, that light that impacts others, that, that that does away with the darkness. And that's a different model of leadership. And that takes me to John 13. It's probably a familiar passage for many. It's the time when Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And Jesus got up from the table at the Last Supper and he puts his cloak around him and, and he goes and he starts washing his disciples' feet. Jesus was God rabbi and teacher, and yet he is down on, and by the way, the streets weren't good back then. <laughs> These are not clean feet, right? Nasty feet. And he's washing Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew, and he gets to Peter, and Peter says, oh no, Lord, you can't wash my feet. And Jesus tells him, well, then you can't have any part in me. Because the lesson he's trying to teach is that important. So Peter, being the calm, reserved person that he is, says, well, then in that case, wash me from my head to my toes. <laughs> Ever the impulsive one. And Jesus goes around the room. He washes the feet of his disciples. And that gets us to verse 12. When he'd finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Be a disciple for a minute. Hear what Jesus says. Do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. He told that to the men at the table, but he's, this is one of those that has depth, right? This is one of those that he's telling us today, too. This is a message for you and I today. Do this. Serve one another. If we're going to fulfill the calling that each of us has, then humility is going to be the key to it. Washing each other's feet, whatever that looks like. I mean, we don't generally carry around a bowl and have to wash each other's feet as we come into a room, but there are different ways that we can serve one another, and that's what leadership looks like in the context of the church. It's what leadership is for us in the body, and it will take all of us, every single one of us, working together in serving one another in the way that we're called to. And that's going to move our Repoint Church in alignment with God. I got this shirt yesterday. If you'd like one, talk to Christy Ray. <laughs> we're called to be who we are for him. 
See, we don't have to always agree on everything, but if our focus is serving on one another, as Jesus taught us to do, then we're going to find the amazing experience that really only does come from service of that kind. You're important in the body. Each of us has different gifts, as I read earlier. You have gifts. Whether you believe it or not, you have gifts. I know some people don't go, oh, I don't know what my gifts are. I don't have any gifts. Yes, you do. God has given you gifts from the Holy Spirit and talents outside of that. And when we bring those things together, it's amazing what he can do. But you're called to be you for him. Be who you are. You don't want to be Mike Divine, trust me. You need to be who you are. And I need to be Mike Divine for his glory, whatever that looks like. Now, our leaders are committed to being who they are for his glory. And I'm going to call on them and ask them to stand. We're going to do a responsive reading and we're going to pray for them and then we're going to anoint them. But they're called to, to honor God in everything that they do in this place. As Christians, we are called, we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we actually are all set apart to live in a different and a new way in this world. And the style is servanthood. It's servant leadership. So whatever that looks like in your life, be thinking about that this week. What, would it, what does it mean for me to the servant leadership model in my home, in my, at, at work, at school, wherever that is? How can I live this out? May the love of God the Father, the grace of God his Son, and the power of God the Holy Spirit fill you, lift you, and lead you each day of this week, each day of your life. Be indeed blessed. And be a blessing. Amen.